in one, two, three. Before we get started, does anyone want to get out? I am Iron Man. I am Loki of Asgard, and I am burdened with glorious purpose. How'd you do it? Defeat an empire with almost nothing. We had each other. That's how we won. It's the Avengers. The Earth's mightiest heroes. Like Kevin Bacon? He may be on the team, I don't know, I haven't been in a while. Everybody in this room is about that superhero life. Our secrecy is our survival. Our survival is our strength. You got me now. Ain't no thing. Bid you farewell and good luck, morons. Bye. I have spoken. Folks, welcome back to an extremely long overdue episode of Movie Punditry. Um, you know. I'm Ran, joined by Mike. Mike, hey, how hey. you doing? Oh, man, I was watching WandaVision. And in the words of fake Pietro, this show is pretty much going to be your Shangri-La, Mike, because we have finally made it to Dune, the your long-awaited film that you said you would see in theaters, not quite no matter what, but as long as people were washing their hands and wiping their butts. And for the most part, you know, where we're at, the positivity rate's manageable. Um, I'm going to send you, I'm gonna send you uh, a text of what's going on in my house right now before uh, before we logged in here. Are folks not washing their hands and wiping their butts? <laughs> Back at it again. Back at it again. So, can you give us a, a I would say, give us a, a overview of what this thing is about, the genesis of where this thing came from, why it was so anticipated, and your expectations? Like, did it meet your expectations? Wow, that's a, that's a, that's a mouthful. All right. <clears throat> so, this is based on the 1965 Frank Herbert novel, uh, Dune, which is one of the giants of science fiction literature um, and sparked an entire series and this this film that we uh, we have here um, well let's back up a little bit so this this novel is it's huge um, you know it's in it's a typically in most versions it's between six and eight hundred pages it's dense it's very thick it's huge on world building it's huge on um backstory and inner monologues and all kinds of and details and all kinds of stuff was largely considered to be unfilmable um there was a uh, a film uh done by david lynch um in 1984 which um is is interesting um that <laughs> that doesn't sound too good well it's you know a, again it's one of these things that um 
you know, for, for a very long time was considered to be unfilmable. And, you know, David Lynch did his best. Um, it's actually not a terrible film. Um, it's got, um, you know, a pretty uh, decent cast. You know, young Kyle MacLachlan plays Paul Atreides and, and Jurgen Proshnow, who you guys may remember from being the bad guy in Beverly Hills Cop 2 and a bunch of other things. Um, plays Duke Leto. Um, very famously, Sting was cast as a, as a character in it. A um, whole bunch of other people. Um, Sean Young. And it's, it's a, for what it is and what it tries to be, it's a good movie. I think David Lynch tried to bite off a little too much. And some of the, some of the, the avenues he took in it um, didn't really hold up very well. Then, um, then another director, Alejandro Jodorowsky, um, attempted to, to film, to make one. Um, he had actually attempted first to make one in the 1970s, spent millions and millions of dollars. Uh, people call it the most expensive film never made. Um, he, you know, he didn't get it done. There was a mini series on sci-fi a few years back. Um, and then, you know, a couple of years ago, it was announced that uh, Denis Villeneuve was, uh, had gotten the rights to it and was taking a crack at it. And that's where we wind up today. Um, this movie is basically, the, and, and it was always going to be this, the first half of the first book. And the first book is basically a prologue to the deeper Arrakis story, the deeper Dune story. Um, much like, you know, John Carter and the Princess of Mars was kind of the the prologue to the whole Barsoom world. Um, you know, Dune is kind of the opening of of the whole Arrakis world. And yeah, so I've been waiting, you know, since the day this was announced, I've been waiting uh, an incredible amount of anticipation for this. And Denny did not let me down. Um, I, I, you know, I, I, we went to go see this movie last weekend, uh, saw it in IMAX. Um, and uh, it's, I, I thought it was, is it perfect? No, it's not perfect. But is it beyond my expectations? Yeah, it was. Because I really, I, I didn't think it could be this good. And it was, I thought it was really, really good. Ooh. Um, I, I know there were, there were a lot of words there. I feel completely different about this film. And it's funny because the more I learned about Dune and it being based off books and how deep the lore is, the more disappointed I got with the film. I have a coworker and he was really hyped over it and he's explaining everything to me. He's telling me about the movie uh, that was made by Lynch. And then I saw this. And then he started, I started, had a bunch of questions. And I started looking at the author, the guy that wrote the books. And I'm like, where is that in this? Like, there was almost nothing about, like, I wanted to know more about the House of Atreides, the Harkonnen, how this situation came to be. And I didn't get that. So, so 
so here's here's the problem with that and here is my answer to that and and i will i will acknowledge the fact that i've i've read this have i and i'm assuming you've never actually read the book nope um so i've probably read it six or seven times since you know i was 14 years old um but here's the deal one of the big problems with the David Lynch movie is he tried to put too much into it. You know, this book is, is so huge that, you know, there's just so much in there. And I think what Denis Villeneuve did is try to strip it down a little bit to kind of what the core story is. And in this case, in this movie, it's really, you know, Paul and his mother. Um, I think you need to infer a lot. And I think he left a lot out there on the table to infer. I don't, I, and that's the thing is I don't think from the point of view of the movie, I don't think you need to, you need to know all of the nitty gritty details of, you know, what's going on in the, with all the houses and what the politics of it are and, and, you know, I mean, people, people complain about the Star Wars, you know, prequel trilogy because there's too much of that going on. Um, he's, he's kind of left enough meat out there for you to kind of say, okay, something's going on. Um, these guys don't like these guys. The Emperor's kind of backing this other team. And the Bene Gesserits are up to their own, their own thing. And... You know, there's enough for you to put the pieces out there. Maybe in some cases of some people, it's enough to push them into wanting to to read the book. Um, but I think he's he's got enough for this movie to be a movie without, you know, it, without there being too much in it. And I think you, I think the problem is, is that you either need to come into this having read the book and know what's going on or completely cold. And if you know, if you're kind of like you, or maybe you've just seen the old, the original movie, or, you know, some of the stuff that's going on in there, I think that's where it becomes, you don't have, you don't know enough to fill in all the blanks and you, you know, too much to do just, just focus on the story that's on the screen. If that makes any sense. Coming in this movie, all I knew was, there was a planet, there was a desert, there were some worms, and some kid was supposedly able to control the worms. That's it. Then I get there and I get this visually stunning film. Beautiful. But not enough backstory for me to like care too much. And then the characters that I did start to care about, they were gone. Like Oscar Isaac. He's talking to his wife about, you know, you gave me a son and I never questioned you. And I'm, well, what do you mean question her? And then, like, I could put the pieces together, but there wasn't enough. And then what makes matters worse for me, watching this film, it started to borderline on, oh, another white savior movie is going to, guy is going to come save the slightly Middle Eastern African desert people. And if there had been more backstory, 
it wouldn't have come off that way, but it did. Then I'm, I'm asking people like, well, in the 84 one, were the, the desert people, you know, black? And my boy's like, not much, really. They're mostly white. Is my correct in that? You are, yeah, they're, they're, they're pretty much all white. Okay. So then pretty much, I was like, pretty much everybody in that movie is white. All right. So I can see how in the, in the, in the 80s movie it doesn't look like that. But in this one, that's what it looks like. Then I researched the author a little bit, and the dude had a pretty good knowledge of, of Islam culture. So I don't think I'd be too wrong in saying he didn't want it portrayed like this, but it does look that way. And it's just like, I don't know if, I don't think that's what the, the director was going for, but to some folks, that's what it's going to look like. And in 2021, I'm like, maybe you want to change this a bit because it does look real crazy that almost everybody in the house of Atreides with the exception of Jason Momoa is white. And you've got these people who have been pretty much oppressed by the Harkonnen. And yeah, they're pasty white, but they look like alien humanoids to me. And it was just the more I, 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 I had to go watch it again, I'm just like, I really need a more backstory here. And I liked the character of Leto. Like, I, he, of everybody there, I wanted more backstory on. Because he seemed like he had a really good mindset. His heart was in the right place when it came to how he wanted to treat the, the, the Fremen. Fremen? Do you pronounce it? The Fremen, yeah. And I just wanted more. It was this beautiful world, and it seems like there's so much lore here. I wanted more. And then you, we talked about in, in our text message, we, uh, in, uh, Facebook message, we talked about Lord of the Rings. And one thing I've always felt is that Lord of the Rings did a really good job with the world building. It, it made three hours long as well, but things got explained. And I didn't feel left in the dark. And I, now that we know that there's going to be a sequel, I just hope you give more to the people that are have not read the book. Because I really want to know more. Like, I, I am genuinely interested in this thing to the point where I'm going to go find the original film. <laughs> and I want to see Sting and uh, Captain Picard. And I, I'm, I'm not, I know I'm not going to get these visuals, but I just hope it gives me more. Because I think there's, there's like from everybody's telling me, there's some good stuff here. And like you said, it's 27 books. So am I right, 27? No, no, there's like in this, in this, no, there's like nine. Okay. Have, has he talked about what ideally how many films he would like to, to do? Well, I think he, I think he is really interested in just doing the first book. Um, and I know somebody, I, I think HBO Max is working on a, a series about the Bene Gesserit, which is kind of new territory. Um, you know, I watched an interview with him where he's just kind of, you know, he's just kind of thinking that he's going to do this. He's going to do the next one. And then, and then, you know, I guess kind of see, you know, where he was, uh, where he is at that point. Um, 
uh, one thing that I do want to, one thing that I do want to say is, you know, science fiction at its best, and this is science fiction at its best is, uh, is an allegory for things that are happening in real life. Um, it's, it's, you know, science fiction is a look typically at, at our culture in a way that you, you, you throw these tropes of, you know, whether it's aliens or whether it's spaceships or technology or whatever. And then you use that, use that form and that structure to kind of shine a light on things that are going on in society. You know, for example, you take a film like District 9, which is clearly about apartheid and refugees and things along those lines. You know, Frank Herbert, um, you know, Frank Herbert was a journalist before he was a novelist. And, you know, he wrote this, he wrote this during, during a period of, you know, decolonization um, of the Middle East and North Africa. He was very aware of what he was writing. Okay. And I think the choices in the film, uh, the choices in the book are very intentional. And it's not, it's not particularly a white savior story. In fact, it's almost the opposite of that because the, Yes, Paul is, you know, Paul represents this idea of Western colonialism, right? So, so this is what this is, right? Dune is the Middle East. You know, Arrakis is the Middle East. And, you know, the Imperium and the Landstrad and all these houses, they are, they are all the Western countries that have, you know, throughout the centuries have come and colonized the Middle East and North Africa. And this is kind of a, a, a reflection on or telling of or a reaction to decolonization, freedom fighting that was going on during, during this period, whether it's in Palestine, whether it's in the Levant, whether it's in North Africa, um, of basically, you know, people pushing back and kicking, you know, Westerners out, so to speak. You can't see that now because you're only in the middle of the you're you're only in the first half of the story. You know, Paul Paul doesn't re- really represent a you know, like a a white savior coming in and saving these people because he eventually he eventually it, it's deeper than that. He eventually he can't become what he is until he becomes one of them. And he realizes that it's their strength that has to push back against the oppressors. It's not like he's coming in. Yes, he's coming in and inspiring them, but they're they're they wind up doing it. Um, you know, the closest thing I could I could probably point out, like point to, is something like that was kind of mistaken as a white savior movie was. Um, Oh, what the heck was that movie? The, the Last Samurai? Was that the movie? The Tom Cruise movie? Yeah. You know, he doesn't come in and take over. And he just, you know, and now he's leading them all to victory. He comes in and becomes one of them and fights alongside them. 
and it's it's you know it's the people there who are the ones who are really who are really leading the fight and he's just one of them and that's pretty similar to what's going to wind up happening here um yes you know there's there's also religious overtones and there's messianic overtones and that's kind of a completely different part of the story um but i i I would reject the idea that it's simply you know um oh here comes the white guy to save the day because that's not really what the story is um and i will just also point out that pretty much you know no matter how this is done nobody's ever happy with it um you know because obviously the lynch movie had problems because everybody was white you know Denis Villeneuve went kind of another way, but now he's also getting criticized because he's not putting, there's no Middle Eastern people in it. Um, I don't know. You know, I, I can't really speak to that. Um, he's, it's probably a point to that at some point, you know. Can you see how that's still problematic though? Like, Yeah, no, I can't, comes, absolutely. I'm not even talking about the, there's no Middle Eastern people. I, the, almost all those people, I didn't clearly see their faces with, the, the scarves, I, they seemed tan enough to me that I thought they were Middle Eastern people, but it's still a problem for me where it's like this, this, this really pale white guy shows up and he becomes one of us and fights alongside of us. It, it still looks like it wasn't until he showed up that we knew to fight for ourselves and fight back. Like, it's just... For me, it's like, dog, I'm tired of seeing that. Like, can can you give me something else? Because I've seen this enough that it's like, okay, I guess. And I get that this is the book he wrote and they're trying to adhere to the book. But for me, it's just like, I probably, if I'd have known that, I probably wouldn't even have watched it. Because it's, I'm 37, right? I've seen this too many times. In yeah, some but I think, form or I, I, th- I really think you need to look again because that's not what this is. He he comes in, you know, the these people come, the Atreides come, and they're not they're not leading the Fremen. They are inspired by the Fremen. You know, they're they, you know, and, and obviously you've only seen the first half of the story, but it's not like I'm gonna show you how to fight. It's I'm gonna learn you're going to show me how to fight. And then I'm going to, we're going to take your strengths and we're going to take my strengths and together we're going to overthrow the oppressors. Okay. How do you think that scene where he beats up the, um, that guy that challenges him in the desert plays, like just look at it from my point of view. You see what I'm saying? Like it's really like some Tarzan stuff. Like he beat the, one of the fiercest warriors of their own group in their own land in in their form of ritual combat. You see what I'm saying? Right. Like, it doesn't play well. Because as a black man, we've seen this. I don't, know, I don't think the direct... It's part of the book, and he didn't intend it, but for us, it's like, yo, we've seen this stick how many times now? I'm good on this. I understand like, that, but 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 this is this is a guy who's coming in as a you know so so there's a difference between there's a difference between like 
a large like like an army of these freedom fighters and one on one and one on one you know Paul is a like a well trained professional soldier fighting a guy who like you know is admittedly a great fighter but and and also Paul has this Bene Gesserit training in him with him and that's that's kind of the point I think here's what I'll say I think you're judging it unfairly because you're not you haven't seen the whole picture yet you haven't seen the whole story yet and I know that's that's kind of unfair but you know I hear you but I'm just telling you like how it how it plays like just and and I'm I'm also agreeing like I do have to see the whole thing but seeing that is it's also just like Okay, here we go. I'll see where this goes, but right, but but it, but I mean, it's kind of like you, you know what I'm saying. It's kind of like like a, a guy, like a like a villager, and a green beret having a having a knife fight. You know what I'm saying? That I don't I don't care what your racial makeup is. That that's only ending one way. We're just gonna have to agree to disagree on this one. Cause it's just, ah, I don't know, man. It's for me, like maybe I'll give the rest of us a look to see how it plays out. But just sitting back, it's like, okay, here we go again. I don't know. Maybe they could have got some. I don't know. So in the book, do they ever mention racial makeup of these different houses? No. Do they? Or can you no, tell other than, that? Other than, other than, you know, the Harkonnens are, uh, the Harkonnens are, are very fair and usually redheaded. Um, but there's not a, there's not a whole lot of talk about it. I mean, but. And the Fremen, are they described as like. Middle Eastern features, or are they just like called like desert people? Or no, something but like it's that? but it's a lot of like a lot of the language, and a lot of the like a lot of the names, um, uh-huh. and even you know, like like their behaviors are very reminiscent of like the Mujahideen or you know things like that, and and a lot of like the place names and and things like that are are out of you know Middle Eastern languages, you know. Herbert was clearly making that illusion, without a doubt, intentionally. I don't know. I'll see, but it's not a good first step for me. I mean, visually, great. Story seems well done. Like, it's it's going somewhere, or the or the... The source materials pulling from it is great, and I hope more of that gets in, incorporated. But for me, a lot of it was just like, Ugh. are we really going to do this again? And even if it's not just the army, if it's just one dude, it's still something like, yeah. We so, 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 I mean, but let me see if I put this another way. Yes, okay, yes, there is this idea of this, you know western colonizer savior coming in but the story in its entirety is not a celebration of that if anything it's a criticism of it if anything it's 
looking at it's these Fremen coming and saying, look, you have the best of intentions and you're going to come and help us, but this is our place. And he, he cannot save them. They have, he, he can inspire them and give them tools to help save themselves, but he's not, he's not, it's, it's, it's not a matter of like, I'm going to come in and, and now you guys are safe. And even though he may, even though the character may think that's what's happening, but I think the story as it plays out, you'll see it. That's not where the story goes. And, and, and it, if anything, it is a, it's a critique of that ideal. If that makes any sense. Then I'm going to need, I would have liked the director to give me a little bit of that pushback earlier than I'm going to have to wait for a second film. Cause that would have that would have went a long way for me. And then whatever this thing is gonna be. Um the okay, the ending. That bothered me a lot too. Cause it just seemed flat, like when she just goes, This is just the beginning, and that was it. Yeah. You remember Lord of the Rings? I didn't get I needed a cliffhanger. Give me somebody give me somebody's hand getting cut off. Give me something. You remember Lord of the Rings? I don't remember Lord of the Rings, but they just they just kind of were walking through the mountains at the end. Roll credits, yeah, directed by Peter Jackson. That movie had enough action and things going on, or I was like, yes. You know what? I was the best way for me to describe this for me. Yeah, but this isn't was, an action. This isn't an action movie. Okay, but it felt this movie was hollow. The, oh, and, I, and, I'm gonna I'm gonna seriously disagree with you there. And the best way for me to describe it, folks who play video games, if you've played a Far Cry, maybe like four or five, these huge, expansive worlds, but I'm I'm, I'm finding it hard to connect. And I'm going to take it a step further. It's kind of similar to DC, where it's not giving me enough people to care about. I cared about Jason Momoa because I'm watching Jason Momoa. Was he Duncan Idaho? I don't know. Seemed more like Aquaman to me. Like the person I'm, I connected with the most would uh, Oscar Isaac's character and Josh Brolin. And because those two dudes were a hell of actors and they played the hell out of those little bit of screen time they were given. Outside of that, I didn't really care about anybody. I need I needed more. But that's but those those are side characters. They're not who the movie's about. That's not who the story's about. Okay, but also in the book, did they, was there a lot more for them to do or was it really not, just not that? really no. No, Gurney uh, you know, Gurney's in and out. You know, um if anything they probably gave Josh Brolin a little more to do to do than Gertie has in the book. Um, you know, Duncan, if I remember, Duncan doesn't show up until maybe even a little bit later. And Chani definitely doesn't show up until a little later. Um, you know, I think they're definitely kind of making hay of these great actors that they have. And not that Patrick Stewart and Richard Jordan are not great actors, but... Um, Part part of the problem I had with that with that first movie is that everybody's ages was wrong. You know, Kamal Glockin seemed like a thirty two year old teenager. Um, 
so I, you know, I didn't really get all those. I, I don't think it played the relationships out very well. Um, you know, Gurney in the book is a, is kind of a, let's talk a Lord of the Rings. He's kind of this weird guy who sings a lot. Um, it, it's a, it's a, you know, the, the way Josh Brolin was playing, it's a very kind of different character. Um, and, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll point out you didn't see him die, did you? No. Yeah, my, my, my co-worker brought that up to me, too. Um, but, yeah, the story is really about Paul and his mother at this point. And, you know, I, I think that, you know, I mean, yeah, Timothy Chalamet is young. But I'm going to tell you that the 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 scene, like the whole sequence of scenes around the Gamjavar test, I thought they were both fantastic. Did it, what, the fight in the desert? No, 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 no. Oh. Before they even left Kaladin. The, you know, where, you know, the whole, you know, put your hand in the box thing. Oh, yeah. I thought they were, they were great in that. Um, And, and I guess that, and and I guess I can agree with you on that's kind of, that's one of the problems is that, you know, in a three hour film or two and a half hour film, you don't have time to really dive into why that's so important. You just don't have time. You got to tell the story. You know, you know it's it's crazy too because man the dude really killed it with Blade Runner. I don't know what it. Eh. I don't know. Well, what, I, think what, he, what, I think he killed it with this. So what, what are we getting the next one? Twenty twenty three, October twenty twenty three. I hope it's on HBO which, Max. Which I, I don't know if you realize it. If people are realizing it. That's really tight. That's two years. That's less than two years. That's really tight. I mean, now, granted, a lot of the pre-production's done. You know, they don't have to redesign a whole new world. They have the aesthetic down. They have the, you know, they have the look of it down. They have a lot of the production design down. They have a lot of the casting down. The costume design, you know, a lot of that stuff is done, but that's still really tight, and especially because they're not going to start shooting until probably next summer or fall. So you're really talking about, you know, a year to from the time they roll camera to the time this thing is in a can ready to go to movie theaters. That's tight for a movie like this. That's tight. I don't know. I mean, they they gonna have to bust it behinds because, well, and and the reason I said that is be, is is to say this. I think personally, I think they greenlit this movie a long time ago. Oh, and it's probably. I would not be surprised if 
this whole thing that they had with legendary suing suing Warner Brothers because they were releasing it on HBO Max, and that lawsuit, you know, kind of suddenly going away and them, you know, coming to terms. I would not be surprised if it, that was the point that they got the commitment from Warner Brothers to do this movie. And so you they've, think been, it's and they've been quietly working on it, you know, since then. And they're just announcing it now because the movie's out, the movie's successful, they're riding the wave. And like, yeah, we got another one coming in two years, guys. Woohoo. You know, I, I don't think there's any way that. You know, somebody at Warner Brothers rolled out of bed, opened up the newspaper, saw the saw the box office, and went, "Okay, go picture." Two years, make it happen. One because they don't have a slot in two years. We mean think like, about uh, it. Think about how when these movies are announced and stuff like that, how far out they are. Three years, four years out, when they when they're picking dates. Nobody, nobody at Warner Brothers is, you know, flipping the calendar 24 months ago and, oh, this is a good weekend. Whatever weekend they were going to do Man of Steel 2, they just bumped it in there. <laughs> yeah, stick it right next to Black Adam. I saw that. And uh, that's when that DC fandom reel started up. And I didn't see Cavill once. I was like, oh, I know where this is going. Um, I thought he was there. Wasn't he there? I watched that re- that intro reel a bunch of times. I saw a whole no, lot no, of no. rock. I mean, he was there. I didn't see him. Where'd you see him at? There was a there was a there was a thing. They had the rock there. Yeah, doing a signing. And you talk about the de- the the streaming experience. No, there was a there was a thing where there was a video where they were showing, you know, and everybody and it had to be recent because everybody was wearing masks. And this dude comes up to the rock to the signing and he lifts his mask up and it was Henry Cavill. I didn't see that. And that intro reel, you didn't see no Cavill. They didn't mention him. It was no mention of Superman. No, no, no. no. It wasn't it wasn't I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it was another maybe it was a different event. I think it was but, a different event. But everybody was thing, wearing masks, so it had to be fairly recent. No, this thing was they laid out all the films, the plans. So this was there was no in person event. It was just totally online. Yeah, it was like just like last year. Like, did you watch it last year? Pieces of it. It was like all green screen, pre recorded. Um, and I I kept watching that intro reel over and over again, and you saw everybody but him, and you didn't see any Affleck. But at least you know because Affleck's around because he's been talking about how much fun he's had filming the Flash. And, you know, he'd be open to doing some things with the Batman character. I ain't heard a peep out of Henry or Warner Brothers on what they're... The last thing I heard was when they were saying they wanted to use Superman like Marvel uses the Hulk. Which was just like, you know, some secondhand hearsay. Ain't heard a word, seen a thing. I mean, the closest we get to maybe he's around is that... Supergirl is the material on her suit is pretty much the same design. That's it. Yeah, I don't. So, maybe, I guess I don't know. They've given that date to Doom. Meanwhile, our boys just 
blowing in the wind. We would anything else on Doom before we transition over to the fandom because it sounds like a good time since we've already been on. A no, no, bit. go ahead. I did, um, I did a lot of talking. Now you can do a lot of talking. I I like this event a lot. I hope this becomes a thing. Um, a lot of people can't get to to Comic Con, and like you said, the New York one is more so for the collectors and the and the, the comic book fans. Less about the films, while the San Diego one is really more for the films. I wish they would cut down on some of the like influencers. You know, just just give me trailers. Let me talk to the, let me hear from the actors and the directors. That's it. I don't need some of the other stuff. The video game previews were pretty cool. Um, Gotham Knight looks awesome. I love that the story is pretty much uh, the Court of Owls. So let's address. The Rock and Black Adam in a film that I still, I don't care if you showed me a trailer, I don't care if we've heard from from folks, I still don't think this movie's coming. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure it's going to come, but I'm going to keep this joke going until after I get out to the theaters and see it. That trailer didn't look good. Um, And I don't know what this movie is supposed to be. Like He keeps touting Black Adam as this anti-hero when he's clearly a villain. Um, and I guess he's supposed to be fighting against the Justice Society of America. So I'm guessing this this takes place. This is a period piece. Maybe. I don't know what it is. Maybe. I don't think this thing is gonna do all that great. And it's not just because it's a DC movie. But have we over, you know, estimated the Rock's real star power? Like I know his movies makes money, but are people like literally like really running out the house Thursday night to see a rock film? I, mean, I don't know. Do you ever feel that way? Like I I gotta see this. Like he's I don't see him as Will Smith late nineties. I I don't see him as that that guy. Like Hobbs and Shaw, we're not getting a sequel for that, right? No. It's, I'm just safe to say it's because of the box office? Or is well, that why, a, why we're not going to see any more of that? Yeah. I think it's because The Rock doesn't want anything really to do with Vin Diesel. Oh, uh, okay. I just... I really the, wish they'd have you know, cut... The Rock ain't saying no to a three-quarter of a billion-dollar movie whenever he wants. Yeah. You know? But I think he... Um, he doesn't really want any part of that franchise anymore. Plus, it's not, you know, it's not his franchise. Yeah. And, you know, he is the rock. And and I don't know how you fit this dude as his version of Black Adam into this, this juggernaut that's not even really right right now. Like, the Flash trailer, did you watch that? Yes. That looks really good. Yeah, I, that surprised me how good that looked. And that looks like the thing that'll kick this thing back into wherever they want it to be. Yeah. And if it's, and I, 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 I can kind of see the direction they're going. Like we're not going to strive to be Marvel. We'll make movies. If people team up, they'll team up. But that's not our overall goal here. With these loose connections, like J.K. Simmons coming back as Commissioner Gordon, so there seems to be some loose threading. 
with whatever we the DCEU, I guess that's what we'll call it. Yeah. But it's like, we're just going to keep making films, which me and you have said numerous times, that should have just been what they did from the get-go. We were good at making movies. We'll make movies, and if they connect, they connect. If not, oh well, we'll just count our money. Yeah. The bat. Oh, go. I'm sorry. The thing that really stuck out to me though is kind of like a what the what the heck is this? Is 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 the peacemaker? Yeah. Like, what was that? Like it almost like it almost seemed to be like like someone took a look at like Shazam and went, oh, we could do that. Yeah. Like I don't know if it was supposed to be camp, if it's supposed to be serious, if it's like I don't even know what that was. If they can give us whatever his what his character was in Suicide Squad and somehow tell a story. Okay, and it's on HBO Max, so you're not taking the biggest risk in the world. And that's true. And I think that's that should be what they do with HBO Max. We're gonna throw all our weird experimental stuff here and see what sticks. And if it does, and, and there's an audience for it, we either keep it here or maybe we parlay this into a film. The cast looks pretty good. Um, I can't remember her last name. You got uh, Danielle, not remember her last name from. Orange is the New Black. It looks like it's shot in good quality. James Gunn's still involved. And the dude's done pretty well. His track record's been pretty good. I can't knock it. And the Batman looks fantastic. Yeah, it does. It really does. And folks, I'll be the first to admit it. I had my doubts. I didn't think old Twilight Boy could pull this off. Maybe it falls in his face. But from what I've seen in that trailer, it looks fantastic. Well, but the 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 thing that I will say about that in those trailers, to be to be honest, at least for me, is he's probably the least interesting part of what I'm seeing. That is my fear. I don't want. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, like. Paul Dano as the Riddler looks amazing. Colin Farrell looks amazing. Yeah. Like the whole, um, you know, the whole aesthetic and vibe of it looks amazing. Uh, And yeah, then there's Batman. (laughs) And I don't want us to get back to that point where we care less about Batman and more about everything else going on around. Exactly. And that is one thing I can say. Affleck brought a presence to that character where I didn't feel like that. I cared about Batman in those two films because uh, let's be honest, uh, Batman Begins, I gave a damn about Batman. Really good Batman movie. The Dark Knight, we all know whose movie that was. And even in The Dark Knight Rises, most folks you were more concerned about Bane, Catwoman, Alfred, and then Batman. Hell, you probably cared more about Commissioner. Like, well, I think. Well, yeah, no, that's true. But I, th- I think, you know, I I watched The Dark Knight Rises. I don't know, a month and a half ago. Mm-hmm. I, and I think 
what's really kind of grown on me in that movie is is the relationship between Bane and Bruce. Like like their dynamic I found mm. to be interesting. I, I think that movie's kind of growing on me a little bit. Um, but I agree with you. And and I don't know, I mean, is this supposed to be like this is a younger Batman now? It's year it's like, year two. Year two, okay. Yeah, they've just had this real big emphasis on year two, year two. Gotcha. I don't know if they're trying to piss off Frank Miller. <laughs> and not say year one. Oh, oh, oh you don't oh oh you have royalties for year one, but you didn't get re- year two, mm-hmm. did you? And then they have this thing. They had. The, do you remember when they, they had the zero year campaign going on in the comic books? Yeah, a few years back. Yep. So I don't know if they're trying to screw him over, but yeah, they have this big emphasis on year two. So um, it looks really good, and I just want to care about Batman again. Like I care about Batman, and it's funny you say the Dark Knight Rises has grown on you because for me it's been the opposite. I absolutely loved that film when it first came out. I swore up and down it was better than The Dark Knight. I was wrong. I still like it a lot, but I have issues. And a lot of my issues stem from the, the fight choreography. I think we yeah, all have the, to the, the fight choreography is terrible. Like, he looks so terrible in that suit. Chris and Nolan is not good with fight choreography. No. And, and honestly, Miranda did not work for me at all. Nope. At all. Like, this is Talia Al Ghul. Yeah. In terms of his love interest, right up there with Catwoman. Yeah. And I, I didn't buy it for a minute. And nope. Then, and, and then, like, the whole like the whole thing of, like, okay, so they come in and they make all these fake trades and now you're broke. But, you know, one, there's not some federal watchdog agency that would have shut trading down once the once the terrorists showed up. Hey, we seen and it with then, the meme stocks. And then, and then, and then, plus, like, this guy's a billionaire. Like, this thing happens on Tuesday. They're not repossessing his Lamborghini on Wednesday and turning mm-hmm. the power off in Wayne Manor on Thursday. You know what I'm saying? It sucks because... I pretty sure I, I'm pretty sure Nolan had a whole nother script for that movie, and then you know, Guy was a soul. Heath Leather pa- Heath Ledger passes, and it's like, oh crap! Like probably not too dissimilar to what Ryan Coogler is going through right now. I mean, hell, he yeah. even said it. He's like, I had a movie planned out that now I'm never going to get to do. Yeah. Oh, what else was there? Oh, um, Keaton is back as Batman. Is you see it? Yes, he is. Some not so subtle hints in the Flash trailer. Uh, him, you know, going into Wayne Manor, yep. ending with, you know, the the camera dropping down on Keaton and his. You don't see his face, but you see the back of his cowl. I'm trying to figure out how this is gonna work because. And wasn't wasn't about- wasn't there like. Like his Batmobile under the sheet. Yep. The the ex Leslie Grace who was just cast as um Batgirl, you know they because she asked her about you know Batman. She's like, yeah, Batman's in our movie, and somebody said which one, and she said the real Batman. So you know, God rest so Adam West isn't around. I'm guessing we're gonna assume it's Keaton. 
because Matt Reeves yeah. has made it clear he wants nothing to do with whatever is going on in the DCEU. And I don't know if somewhere out of Affleck signed an extension. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm just wondering, I'm assuming they're going to make it some kind of, you know, flashpoint story or something where, you know, there's an explanation why it's Michael Keaton. Maybe Affleck dies. Maybe. Yeah, but you know what I'm saying? Like, it's, uh, it seems to me like, like it's a reveal in the movie as well, or at least in the trailer. So, yeah, I'm sure there's going to be some kind of some kind of explanation for it. This may go down as one of the greatest um, things that ever happened with us not getting a solo Affleck film. Yeah. What else did yeah. we see? Um, Jason Momoa. They didn't really show any trailers. They showed off like locations and. They're going bigger for Aquaman 2. Oh, did you hear what Jason uh, uh, James Wan said about his trench film? I remember reading something about it. It was secretly a, a solo Black Manta film. Oh, really? Extremely disappointed now that we are not getting that. Extremely disappointed. Um, that was, for folks that don't know, that was canceled along with... Uh, Abba, and I always get her last name wrong, Duvernay's uh, New Gods. Yeah. So, yeah. Rest in peace to those two films. Um, Outside of that, I don't think... Oh, Shazam showed off a couple short clips. Not sure what to make of that. The first movie was competent. wasn't bad. Um, so, just to roll back there, but they're, they're not... They're not... They're not getting rid of Yaya, are they? No, he's still there. He's, he's still in it. They give him the a, Aquaman a, movie. Yeah, a bit bigger on Aquaman, but James Wan said he really wanted to give him his own film, which I would and, like. And and they should. I mean, he's he's, he's really a hell of an actor. Yeah, hell of an actor. Uh, star in one of our favorite series, Watchmen. Yeah. Uh, what else? No word on Wonder Woman, and considering how bad Wonder Woman he's, he's was, he's not. I mean, this isn't my vibe, but he's the new Candyman too. Yeah, he is. Yeah, we're mean. Uh, folks, we're not really horror fans over yeah. here at this show. Not our thing. So, like, for me, as soon as all the festivities are done on Sunday, Monday morning, all the Christmas music starts because I don't do spooky season. Uh, was there anything else there? Oh, uh, Image Milestone Comics, pretty much a full go. Uh, a full feature animated Milestone Comics film, and if you don't know, it was like first, I want to say completely like black owned, black artist drawn characters, uh, most famous for Static Shock. Um, the legendary Mr. McDuffie started that, got rest his soul. Um, and they were talking about doing a partnership, giving like uh, young black artists and writers the opportunity to write for uh, Milestone Comics, which is pretty cool. Oh, that's cool. I think that's about it that stood out. They didn't really, outside of, they didn't say too much more about other comic book stuff. Oh, Harley Quinn gets another season. Have you ever watched that show? No, I haven't. That cartoon is raunchy. Is it? 
Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Like completely TVMA. Now I think that's about it for them. Now on to the most disappointing news I've heard in a while. These eternal reviews, man. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they are not good. Uh Currently, it's the only MCU movie with a Rotten Tomatoes score lower than Thor Dark World. Will you be going to theaters to see this? Yep. Yep. I will too, but man, I am shocked. And I had... I will be... uh, We got tickets uh, Saturday at 1240, I think. I saw one review that was like, it isn't bad, it's just different. You know, it's a complete shift even the color palette is different and that's not a bad thing you know yeah i wonder how much of these reviews are just people not sure what to make of this thing uh i don't know or it's just a bad film a bad film kind of looking at like the headlines here comic book com eternals emerges as the only rotten marvel studios movie Slate, Eternals, Marvel's new movie is a disaster of intergalactic proportions. Um, Daily Beast, Eternals is one of Marvel's emptiest movies yet. Also, Marvel finally made a sex scene in Eternals so bad you wish they hadn't. Wow. Uh, Eternals is ambitious and refreshingly diverse, but it's overstuffed and a snooze. And I think, I think that, I mean, that seems to be, there's no life in it. There's no, I, I, it, it, and I haven't seen it, but from re, kind of reading between the lines, it seems like they're trying to throw a ton, crap ton of stuff into this mm-hmm. movie to set up. Whatever yeah. it's it's got Ultron disease, you know. They're trying to make it set up everything that's coming, and that could be a problem. I really wish they'll stop that. Yeah, like I really wish you don't have to do that anymore. That is now what the post credit scene should be for at this point, or your TV shows. Yeah, you. There's ways for people to. There's ways for you to to do the setups, like kind of in the mainline movies, what they're doing with you know WandaVision and and Loki, you know, setting up um, and you know uh, Multiverse of Madness or Quantumania. You know, it's these things work together. You know what I love most about What If. For the most part, outside of maybe a couple things, each episode was its own story. Yeah, until you got to the end. Yeah, to the end. Well, so so here's, so they did. They kind of did the Black Mirror thing. Did you did you have you ever watched Black Mirror? No. All right. So so Black Mirror was kind of like that. Like like each episode was kind of its own thing. And was really good. And then you get to, I think it was the third season. You get to the end of the third season. And then there's an episode. And it's like, 
oh, crap. This was all one story. Oh, that's you cool. Know? So, yeah, that is what, yeah. You know? Um, and I think they they kind of, you know, it was kind of the same thing with What If. It's like, oh, these these were all one story. It just didn't, you were just seeing pieces of it, you know? Yeah, like they, and they, when they do that, it works. That's one of the reasons people love Black Panther so much. Because for the most part, it was just its own story. Its own yeah. A couple of lines here and there, but it's fine. And that's the way it should be. A couple of lines here and there. You don't have to try to stuff everything in the box and set the table with one film. At this point, it's a turnoff. Because for me, it feels like you don't respect my time. Like, I'm here to see this film, not see you lay out the rest of phase four in two hours and 26 minutes. Tell me a cohesive, nice, tight story. It's probably one of the things that pisses me off the most about... Didn't you just argue the opposite with Dune? Nah, because here's the thing. (laughs) This... I had to throw that in there. ...is a much broader thing. It is. And you've... You've... Like, we've been doing this for a while now. That was something you kind of had to do in the beginning. You were trying to lay out this groundwork. We've done that. Just tell me these stories. Yeah, these are these are all. We're at the point in the MCU where it's just they're just chapters. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like I don't need you to set anything up. You'll 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 tell me what I need to know when I need to know it. You know, I mean, you want to you want to lay some clues or lay a little groundwork that I can come back three movies from now and go, oh, you know, I. I but but the thing is, is like, are you going to capture lightning again? Like they did that so well in the Infinity Saga. Yeah. It's gonna it's turn so well that off. we didn't even know they were doing it. But, yeah, you know, and now you go back, you know, now having seen the whole thing, you go back and you watch and you see all these little clues. But they were, but they were subtle. It was a line here. It was a thing there. It was something on the screen over here. It was a little, you know, a little thing over here. It wasn't like in your face stuff. You know what I think really messed them up too with Odron. Do you remember, like, I think it was, like, right before, it was a little before Ultron came out, and we knew Civil War was pretty much coming, and then when you saw Ultron, it was like, you weren't even really trying to tell me this story. You were trying to tell me a bunch of other stories. Right. And then, thank God Civil War was so good, because I remember watching Civil War, and I'm like, this is, like, Avengers 2.5. And that's always been my problem with the film, but it's so good that it's like you can forgive it a bit. Yeah, but I think, you know, in retrospect, it almost seems like by the time you got there, like everything was Avengers. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Unless you went like completely off base with something like Ant-Man, you know, but any of like any of the things that involved like the main guys were all going to be because because here's the thing is like it was like. It was so noticeable in the absence of, you know, you do something and where where are the Avengers? You know? Which is, which is why I sometimes suggest they might want to put, like, dates in these films. Or make mentions that, well, somebody is, they're over here dealing with this. Right. And some could say it's cheap, but you've got to do something. Because like you said, I remember watching Thor The Dark World and I'm like, 
Uh, nobody's around to help this dude. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like all these aliens are coming, and you know, you you know, reality ending things. And um, yeah, where's where, kind of where's everybody? Yeah, you mean Cap can't show up or Shield with a helicarrier? And I don't know if that'll work this time. Like, is the audience gonna buy it? Like my next, the next. So like Black Panther two, I really try to w- stay away from rumors, but I've seen a few about possibly Riri Williams showing up, and other people, and I'm kind of like, can y'all just tell me what's going on in Wakanda, and leave it at that? I, well, I don't think we need all this commingling right now. Yeah, make it special. If a red is always just popping up and it's not so special anymore, they kind of need to go like turn into what DC used to be. We're just going to make these movies, and when they team up, they team up. At least for like Doctor Strange's Multiverse of Madness, I know why this is happening because you set it up in the show. You set it up in WandaVision, you know? Right, exactly. Where you that's like like you just said in TV, that's where you should be setting these things up. Uh, so we'll see. Uh, I think we should definitely both. Well, you're seeing it. I'm going to see it, and then we'll talk about it. And I hope it's not as bad as it is. Everybody's saying. And I've tended to like some of the movies that people have considered bad. Like I think Iron Man three is really good. I liked Thor: The Dark World when it came out, but then uh, you know Mike gave me some better critiquing skills, and uh, he's right. It is a bad movie. What other one do I like that people think is bad? I think Guardians of the Galaxy 2 is amazing. I I like half of Guardians of the Galaxy 2. What part don't you like? I don't like the ego stuff. I, I like the ego. do like the Yandu stuff. But you need the ego stuff for the Yandu stuff to really yeah, mean something. I don't know, but the ego stuff, I don't know. It's just... I don't know, just... I guess I, I I don't even mind the ego stuff up until like like kind of that third act set piece just kind okay. of just went off the rails. There's yeah, there's some ego stuff there that's just like what like his whole reason for what he's trying to do, like you're trying to be a part of every world so you can what? Like I still don't get it to this day what he was trying to do. Like was he trying to take over the universe or just be everywhere? Yeah, I think he was I think that was it. He was trying to I guess be everywhere, have him, you know, if I can be a planet, I can be the universe kind of thing. But I think like, it just, yeah, I don't know. It's just, it just got, it just got too, not like as soon as he did that, like that whole, I'll tell you the moment where I went off the rails when ego says, who the hell do you think you are? After that, it's yeah. just like, can we just get back to Yondu now? <laughs> Speaking of Guardians of the Galaxy, have you seen the reviews for this game? Yes. I have not seen one bad review. I've yeah, seen like good. reviewers that review movies. One guy, uh, Dallas P. from, I can't remember the, the podcast he has. He was like, this is the greatest Guardians of the Galaxy story and he's like, and I love all Marvel's cosmic stuff. And he's like, this is the version of Peter Quill I like. He hates 
um, the MCU version of Peter Quill with a passion. He like he hates that whole like happy go lucky, you know, doofus oh, yeah. role. He hates it with a passion. And I'm probably gonna get the game next week, but I've seen people like, yo, this story has made me tear up, and I'm so very much looking forward to playing this day. Like I have two days completely free next week, and that is probably what I'm gonna spend my time doing. Like I was trying to hold out to Black Friday to you know get it cheaper, but from everything I've been seeing, and I got some money off at of Best Buy, I think I'm gonna to have to pick that up sooner than later. Yeah, well, if I if if I had two games next week or the starting, oh, next I know what you're playing to to sit in front of a game console. You know exactly what I I'm know exactly what you're playing. Horizon Five drops next week. Did you see the Digital Foundry impressions? Yes. Native four K folks, listen to this. And I don't think, and they said, I don't think they said no. Neither one of these consoles have done it yet, but they've achieved native four K in performance and quality mode. Like, that is some, like, holy-ish. Microsoft is doing some magic in that system. Like, I am excited to see that thing in motion. What's that? That's the 9th of November, right? Uh, No, it's... um. I thought it could drop on the 9th. Oh, yeah. Well, early, yeah, early releases, I think the 5th or the, right? I, I'm off that day. <laughs> One of these grandmothers are going to have to watch these kids. Um, what else? I suppose, and supposedly they, it it's, it's on the same, um, it's on the same game engine as, as Horizon 4. Like they're yeah. not going to do the upgrade until the next motorsport game, um, where they change the where they're going to change the game engine. But apparently, they changed the audio engine for this game. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the biggest complaints throughout the Horizon series has been the audio. Um, so hopefully, uh, it's supposed to be pretty amazing. So. If you did the premium edition, you get to play the game on the fifth. Yes, I'm not paying a hundred dollars. I'm not either. I'll wait till the ninth. That's fine. Because it's just going to be in Game Pass, and yeah, I'll play it there. Yeah, yeah. Yo, this is going to be a really good holiday season for games. Yeah. Um, folks, if you're still having trouble finding an Xbox uh, Series X or S or a PS5. You can sign up for a pro membership with GameStop, and they when they when then then when they do the releases online, I think like the first half hour for pro members only. So you may have some luck there. Um, if not, then you're just gonna have to hunt online like everybody else is. Please don't pay these scammers and scalpers two hundred three hundred dollars over asking price over store price, because then you just encourage it. Like I mean, if your kid really really has to have it, I mean. I guess, but just don't. They're selling on QVC right now for a thousand dollars. What does it come with? Uh, a Series X bundle. Let's see. Uh, it comes with a Series X console, 
Madden 21, Titanfall 2. Looks like a couple of controllers. Let me look at my calculator. A dual charging dock. Unnecessary. Right. So five hundred for the system. You said two controllers. It looks like it's two controllers. Yeah. Well, system already comes with one, so give me another one. That's sixty bucks. Oh no, no, one controller, one controller, a charging dock, a silicone cover, two games, and a voucher for something. Let's see what the voucher is though. Two games. Let's see the voucher is worth. It says it comes with a voucher. What's the voucher for? Maybe Game Pass? It's crazy because if you just bought the system and a three-month Game Pass card, you'd get, what, 100 games in Game Pass? Yeah. You shouldn't be paying more than 600 for for this no. system and, and getting Game Pass. And if you got a uh, Xbox One controller lying around, you can use that as your extra controller. Like I said, if you really got to have it, do the QVC with Easy Pay. I mean, I've done it for some things, but in the long run, you save you're saving money if you just buy the just system buy it, and just buy it. get Game Pass, or do the uh, the all access at Best Buy or GameStop. I think it's twenty four dollars a month. You get for two years, and you'll get the system and Game Pass. Well, that's not bad. So, and then I think you trade in the system when the new one comes out. Or no, I think you just own it all right after the two years. You're probably going to pay $600 in the long run, but to get the system and Game Pass for $24 a month, when three months of Game Pass is 45 it kind of shakes out. Um, Anything else before we get out of here? Um... Yeah, well, I went. We uh, I went what did to we miss? oh Comic Con. I forgot. Yeah, New York Comic Con actually happened this year. Were uh, the mask requirements? Well, yes, yeah, New York, right? With the mask and vaccine requirements. Woo! So how was yeah. it? Um, it was amazing because it it wasn't crowded. <laughs> um, my eyes just lit up. You could you could. You could actually like go to the dealers' tables and the artists' tables and talk to them and have conversations with them. You could go to the bathroom. Uh, you could get around. Um, yeah, it was. Uh, you know, unfortunately, it's not going to stay like this. Nope. It, you know, next year it'll probably be right back to normal. But um, you know, for that, for one brief shining moment. New York Comic Con was the greatest con there was. Um, it, it was good. Um, you know, they Reed Pop did a really good job. Um, they moved people really quick. Like we were worried because you had to show, you know, your vaccination proof and everything, and get a wristband before you could go into the Javits. You know, on paper it looked like that was going to be a bottleneck. It took two minutes. That's really good. Um, you know, they moved everybody in really quickly. You know, the show floor was 
it was noticeable. Like, and I mean, but it was nice that you could actually go to the dealers and walk around in their booths and talk to them, you know, have a conversation with, with somebody, you know, um, there were no real, like big dealers there. Um, you know, obviously Funko wasn't there and all, and wow. Yeah. Probably the biggest booth and the most crowded booth throughout the day was ultra savers. They had a huge booth. Um, and they were always packed over there. A lot of people swinging M three four hundred dollar lightsabers <laughs> around. Quick question: In a normal year, do they just max capacity capacity in place every day, or do they keep it lower than that? No, they they jam it. Um, in fact, like like every year, they try to find a way to squeeze more people in there. Because I know you're, they're going to do that for money reasons, but I, I would think to create a better fan experience, you just try to keep it at a certain number daily. Because I would want people to have a good time at this thing. Yeah, so I I think... Um, I think they were... You know, they they were like like in 2014, 2015, there were like 160, 170,000 people. Yikes. 2019, they were like 250,000 people. Jeez. And I think they did 150,000 this year. That's man, that's a lot. Yeah, but that's I'm, over four. That's over four days. Oh, okay, okay. I was thinking of all one shot. No, no, I, no, I haven't been to Jacob Javits Center in a long time. For some reason, I forgot that. Well, they, well, the, they they expanded the Javits Center. The Javits Center is bigger than probably the last time that you were there. They put a whole oh, yeah. new wing on it. Sheesh. Um, and so they built, um, they built like two big halls. So, um, a lot of the stuff that they would have like, they would have had like off at the Hulu they they can do in the javits now you know it used to be that the like the big the big the big room in the javits downstairs you know was like i don't know a couple thousand people or whatever um but um i don't know how big the empire stage is built a huge a huge thing you know they used to like do the really big panels like over at madison square garden at the hulu yeah um but now they they just built a couple big stages in the room yeah i can't look up quick but it's it's pretty big um did you uh get anything nice i got i you know i got some stuff um The uh, you know I got a couple of couple of even though even though Funko was in there there was a lot of dealers selling pops. Um, the New York Comic Con exclusive was garbage stuff was garbage this year, but um, you know I got some stuff um, that I've been looking for. Um, I was really close to, to pulling the trigger on an Ultra Saber. 
You should, but I, but I didn't. <laughs> um, the um, and I, I I was I I was pretty close to pulling the trigger on um, on on some art, um, but I had literally had just gotten back from vacation and yeah, I was pretty tapped. Every time I think I shouldn't buy something, I just say climate change. I'll go get it. Climate change? Yep. Impending doom. Might as well get it. <laughs> hey. We're all going to have to transition to gas-powered lawn uh, equipment soon. Might as well get the things you want. It's already illegal in California. Yep. Um, I haven't bought anything in a while, like... I finally opened up my uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife Ecto-1 for a $40 car. The detail that they put on this thing is pretty good. Like, that's one thing I got to say, like, the quality in toys has gotten so much better from when I was a kid paying six bucks for my Ninja Turtles. The price has gone up a lot, but... Speaking speaking of Ghostbusters, apparently at Saturday on the at the Ghostbusters they had a panel for the Ghostbusters movie. Yeah, Ghostbusters Afterlife. Um, you know, regular panel, blah blah blah, producers, cast, whatever. And then apparently at the end of the panel, they were like, you know what, we're just going to show the movie. What? <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Speaking of Ghostbusters, Hashbro. Decided to come out with a one-to-one scale of the Proton Pack. Without the wand. $400. You want the wand? A buck fifty. Yeah. And you can open it up, lights up, and you can switch the sounds from, I think it's Ghostbusters 2 sound. Yeah, from the original Ghostbusters movie to the new ghost to the new one. Like classic Ghostbusters. And I showed it to my wife. And she goes, whatever makes you happy. And I don't know if that's you can get it or if you get it, there will be problems. <laughs> you better decide what makes you happy. So, but, and it, so it's, I guess it, they put, they did a Kickstarter or whatever they do with these things. So here's the thing I'm trying to figure out. Do I have to pledge and then I can get it? Or if it meets its goal, they'll just make enough for to production. I just one thing I, I get it. Well, typically with Kickstarter, if they don't fund, you get your money back. Okay. Like I just want them to like put this thing out, and I I'm just gonna hey climate change. I'll just get it. The thing. Oh man, I, yeah, I gotta get this thing. Yeah. I don't know. I could buy I could buy a couple really nice ultra sabers for that six hundred dollars. But you won't have a small nuclear reactor on your back. No, I'll have one in each hand. <laughs> that is true. That is true. <laughs> and I wonder if the, some... uh, what if the lightsaber can deflect the proton pack? We'll have to see. We'll have to try it out. Yeah, I think I'm going to have to get it. Just take the chance, you know. If I come up missing, you'll know why. (laughs) 
Um, Light is green, trap is clean. <laughs> Before we get out of here, I got to mention, folks, if you're not watching Why the Last Man, please subscribe to Hulu or find somebody with Hulu and watch it. The show is amazing. Unfortunately, they are not renewing it for season two. So what happened was, I guess the show's been in development in hell for about five, six years. And a lot of the actors' contracts are coming up. And the numbers for the show weren't good in terms of ratings and viewership. So they just decided, like, look, this is it. I think the writers are hoping they get picked up by somebody. But even if they don't, this has been some, like, awesome storytelling. Very awesome, awesome storytelling. So, yeah, Why the Last Man on Hulu. And it's also a really good graphic novel and comic book. Mr. Mike, anything you else want to say before we get out of here? Uh, no. No, I think okay. uh, we've been rolling for almost an hour and a half, so I think we're good. We had to make up for lost time. We did. We will be back to talk about Eternals. Yes, we will. Just like at the end of all those uh, Marvel movies. And then we'll hopefully be back to talk Hawkeye. Oh, yeah. What else comes out? Anything else coming out soon? They're dropping two episodes... First two episodes, November something or other. Have you seen Shang-Chi? Shang-Chi, yeah. Saw it in the theater. So okay, I, I haven't. Oh, did we talk about it? No, we didn't. No, we didn't. We, um, did. we did. No, we didn't. Maybe we didn't. No, I'll catch it. No, we did because we had the whole conversation about Aquafina or Nora, my fault. Oh, that's Nora. right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I will watch it on Disney Plus and let you know what I think. And um, yeah, that's it. Oh, you know what I did? I rewatched all of WandaVision. Man, I forgot how good that thing was. That show was really good. Really good. Yeah. Folks, go just rewatch all that stuff on Disney Plus. Which which kind of reinforces they know what they're doing over at Marvel. I just don't know what happened with the Eternals. Well, you know, you can't hit the ball out of the park every single time. Yeah, we. Got, I'd like to. Oh, you know what we should talk about? Have you seen like the excerpts from that Marvel book, uh, Making Marvel? Uh, I have not. Uh, there's a lot of good excerpts out, like how Feige convinced uh, Amy Pascal to pretty much let them make um, the Spider-Man movies. Um, how they got started. Some really good quotes and stuff in there. We should probably discuss that next time too. Uh, yeah, folks. So yeah, have you? Uh, did you? Um, did we talk about this? Did you? Did have you watched Free Guy? No, not yet. Oh, you should watch it. You'd like it. Is it on Disney Plus? It's on Netflix. Okay, I'll check it out. All right, so we got. Some if you're over there, and I think I told you this, if you're over there, you should also check out Gunpowder Milkshake. A series or a movie? It's a movie. Oh, I could do that. Really fun movie. Okay. All right. So, folks, we got a lot to talk about. Please join us next week. Not sure exactly when, but definitely next week. Uh, first thing on the docket will be Eternals. Stay safe. Wash your hands. Wash your butt. Peace. Good night. Catch you next time.